0: You're listening to a sermon podcast from Paramount Church in Columbus, Ohio. To learn more, visit ParamountColumbus.com. Be fruitful and multiply so we are being faithful in some part of Scripture here in our church. Good morning. It's good to see all of you this morning. As we come together and worship the Lord and... Uh, We open the scriptures this morning. We are in Amos chapter 6. We'll be looking at verses 1 through 7. Maybe. We'll qualify that statement. Let me pray for us this morning before we begin. Father, we come and has already been prayed and as we have sung and as every Sunday that we are desperate for you and for your Holy Spirit to come now and to teach and to anything that will take place in our lives and change will be because of the work of the Holy Spirit. The third part of the Trinity that is in us, Christ who lives in us that we sang about this morning in the very first song that he will come and do a work and that we will be changed. Pray that you will use this time together to grow us, to strengthen us. And pray for the people in Afghanistan this morning. And for the heaviness Of things that are taking place there. For those who are in fear. May you comfort them. Strengthen them. And we know that you will give grace. Because you have promised to do so. Even if it doesn't look like the way that we want to see it look. Pray for others who are suffering across this globe for your namesake. May they be encouraged today. May even right now they sense your spirit drawing close to them, nourishing them, strengthening them, And so we ask that by your spirit, which is an amazing thing, that is in each one of us that you are working all over this whole world for your great fame, for your glory, for those who need to come to Christ. So we surrender ourselves this morning to you and ask that you bless this time. As always, we are desperate for you to be here and to teach us. So help me guard my thoughts, my words, and my heart, and may they be pleasing in your sight today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. This morning's going to be a little bit different. We do our best here to preach scriptures verse by verse. We're going to still do that, but you get used to. You get these three points. You get these three illustrations, and you get these three applications. And so, this morning, you're not going to get three points, three illustrations, three applications. You may get a couple of illustrations. But I want you this morning is to almost put yourself in a bubble. And it's just you and the Holy Spirit of God. And you will have notes that you will take, but I hope that they are notes that are just strictly... What God speaks to you about this morning, just like he does in three points, three illustrations, and three applications. But I want this to come and settle on us. I don't want this to come and settle on you because of something that I've said or passion. I am one who is known for moving, pointing my fingers, walking down the aisle. Hopefully, as best I know, I have a passion for you to love God with everything that you've got. And that we would be a people that he would not be coming to maybe removing a lampstand. I taught last week in ABF. And in what I consider my passion... Um my wife said it's like you were angry now i don't want i don't want to come across angry. Uh, she even asked somebody as soon as it was over going hey, did you did you think he was angry? And they hesitated and then they were very kind and said, just passionate um there probably was a form of anger I would We always kind of minimize our anger and then say frustration. In this, I struggle as I pray because I feel like this message is fairly heavy, can land heavy. And in our community group this past week, someone left almost feeling very discouraged, just overwhelmed. Because of truth, seeing how we fall short, having a desire to live to please God, and in those struggles, almost I do not want you to leave discouraged. I hope that if you ever sense that, that you would immediately turn that to joy and praise to God, that you are walking with him and that his Holy Spirit is doing a work in you to make you more like Jesus. Because we do know that is his plan for each one of us. Is that he not only justified us, but he is sanctifying us to make us just like Christ. Sometimes it's heavy. Sometimes we fall short. Run to praise and the grace of God that he is working in your life. It is evidence that you are walking in the spirit. Embrace it as hard as it is. Ask him to do more. So I have in no way want this to be anger. I do have struggled because I know my passion and my tendencies and I was standing there on the corner in a curve yesterday morning waiting for kids to come riding their bikes by so that I could holler and say, great job. Right up ahead, you're going to hang a right. You don't want to miss that turn. And then they come back by and say, you're not tired. Don't, don't be tired. Keep going. Keep going. And I listened to a really quick, just little, I guess it's called a, I don't even know. I just lost my train of thought on that. However, it's talking about lowliness and meekness. And it was an encouragement to me because God gave that to me in about a three or little four-minute podcast. Where, the, where the, the, the man talks about meekness and what that looks like. And their definition of meekness in their church. And meekness is something that is only produced by the Holy Spirit. And that has been my plea this morning. That what flows from here would come from a Holy Spirit meekness. Meekness, meaning, broken-hearted boldness, contrite confidence—that is my heart this morning for this message and for us as God has taken the words and worked in my life over the last several weeks. We know far ahead we're going to be preaching. I'm not as gifted as these other guys, so I I start reading and looking. We, it may not seem like it, but I really do try. And this is, this is something that's landed with me. In, in, in ways that God has challenged me to continue to grow me. So that's my heart. Amos chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Woe to those who are carefree in Zion. Depending on your translation, That carefree could mean ease. I actually like that word a little better. I don't think anybody in here is carefree. But I am really concerned about our ease. And to those who feel secure on the mountain of Samaria. The dignitaries of the foremost nations to whom the house of Israel comes. Go over to Calna and Look. And go from there to Hamath, the great. Then go down to Gath, the Philistines. Are they better than these kingdoms? Or is their territory greater than yours? Are you postponing the day of disaster? And would you bring near the seat of violence? Woe to those who are at ease in Zion. Those who lie on beds of ivory and lounge around on their couches and eat lambs from the flock and calves from the midst of the fattened cattle, who improvise to the sound of the heart and, like David, had composed songs for themselves, who drink wine now from sacred bowls. While they anoint themselves with the finest of oils, yet they have not grieved over the collapse of Joseph. Therefore, they will now go into exile at the head of the exiles, and the revelry of those who lounge around will come to an end. Woe to those who are at ease in Zion. I have not been able to get away from that statement now for like two weeks. I've been burdened for the people in Afghanistan and prayed more for Afghanistan I don't know if I've ever prayed for Afghans. I did at some point because I had a son-in-law that was there in the army. Those who have been there and gave their lives to that and he watched a, a, a gentleman get killed that he went to West Point with, feels like total futility to them. And uh, as I pray and I and I. Taking this thought just keeps in my head. Woe to those who are at ease. Fire alarm. Yeah, yes, well, I guess they're called smoke detectors. Got smoke detectors in your house? If you don't, you should. Everybody would tell you get smoke detectors, have a fire extinguisher near your kitchen, all those things. Smoke detector. One, one, one time recently here, you know how they get? They just start like. And it doesn't do anything for a while. And it's like, whoop. It's annoying. And it's funny because I I committed today I'm going to do my best to stay right here. (laughs) You will go to some part of the house. That's where it's coming from. I know that's it. So I'll, I'll go and I'll take that out. You know, and, and you'll take the battery out. And you'll start off maybe just putting the battery in going, okay, we're good. Whoop. Well, I'm standing here with this one. I know it wasn't that one, but it, now it sounds like it's in the, the bedroom over here. And I can't find it. I can't hear it. Then I'm back downstairs. I'm half deaf. I wear hearing aids. So I get my wife. I said, hey, where's this coming from? Oh, I think it's over here. It's by the front door. Nope, pulled that one out. Now I'm not even replacing batteries. I'm just, I'm just taking it, disconnected it, taking the battery out of it. There's no way it's going to make a noise. Boop! There it goes. This goes on and on and on until you know what I did. I went around and took every single one of them out of the house, from the basement all the way up. There's not one in my house. I took them, I put them in a box. I put them in my wife's car in the garage, I put a blanket over them so there's no doubt. You're not going to hear that. You're not going to hear that. I'm going to do everything I'm, I'm going to find this. This I, This is un, this Is like something, something in my house. What's the deal? And then I'm thinking, no, there's, there's one somewhere. There's like, no, no, we never, I said, when we moved we had one we took out that we never put a battery in. It's in here. Sure enough, it's like, whoop! I'm like, It's in here. I mean, I am, I'm angry. (laughs) And I go, and it's in this piece of furniture by the door. And I find it. I wasn't angry enough to beat it with a hammer, but I stopped the chirping. There's a part of me today that I feel like is over the last Several weeks and months, and this happens a lot all the way through. We actually try to make something always, like songs, match with the message. But God seems to be chirping to me. Things that are taught in ABF, man, they're lining up with the things that are being taught in here. Messages that I listen to, Some of the same things that we're talking about here. God just seems to be chirping in these ways. Be like this. Live like this. It's just over and over. So this morning, one of the things that we really strive for is application, application, application. You walk out of here, you hear a great message. Week after week, you hear really good messages. Not because they're just great men. It's truth. And men who are striving to be what God would have them to be and to come here and speak truth to you. So that God would change us and make us a people who will just walk by faith in full trust of God. No matter what happens no matter what comes our way. So this morning, I want to stop, and I want to go back. And I just went back over about the last month, just a line here, a line here, words spoken here, words spoken here, messages, ABF. And I want you to think, All the effort to try to get something to quit chirping. Are we at ease? Or I'm going to do whatever I can. And when God chirps, when he speaks, I'm going to make every effort. Every effort. To make those changes in my life. By his Grace, his spirit that lives within us, it is possible. There's always this tension. I said this morning, man, there's a high calling. Can't ever get there. We'll never become sinless. We all know that. But you also sang in the very first song, Christ lives in me. I no longer live. Christ is one who lives in me. That's what I want. That's what I want. Feigning worship. Examine our worship. Replace with true, humble worship. In ABF, Marks of a True Christian, Romans chapter 12, we went through I believe it starts in verse 18. You should not skip over the first verses. I beseech you after 11 chapters of some of the greatest theology. And he comes and going, how unsearchable are the riches. How unsearchable. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. So you may prove what is perfect, as your reasonable service of worship. Messages. Fallen men are busy pleasing themselves. We were asked to meditate on our sin. Think about the utter seriousness of our sin. It will cause us to grow in our need for grace and our hope in Jesus Christ, and it will cause our hearts to soar. There's somebody asking, maybe, how long do I stay there? You don't have to stay there long, but you need to get there. Because until you realize the seriousness of our sin, grace is cheap. This is costly grace. Costly grace been given to us. Not cheap grace. It's not cheap grace. And ABF, to him who knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. That landed heavy on me that morning. Which kind of lightly. Yeah. You know, do a lot of good. You don't think by not doing it that you're sinning. It's kind of choose that path of ease as opposed to doing the hard work God's called us to. Come, thou fount brush preach a message and just kept using that song all the way through. And even in that song, hearts that are prone to wander and leave the God I love. He says, seek me, seek God is the greatest call in the world. Where are my efforts going? Is it in seeking God? The greatest call? He says, love me like a treasure. Matthew 13, go sell everything that you have so that you can have this treasure, that you can buy this treasure. Is that my lifestyle? Is that my desire? Those are things that I want. Just like Rush prayed, these are things that come and go in our lives. I just want them coming more and more and more. People who treasure Jesus Christ above all things. All things. That's a, that's a huge statement. 25 minutes and 10 minutes. You just had to be here for that and I'll leave that alone. Maybe. Partly because that's an encouragement to at least spend time in the Word and prayer. But I also think for those of us who have been believers for a long time, we should be well beyond 25 minutes and 10 minutes. Seek God with all your heart. Point number one in a message, refusal to seek God leads to seeking evil. You think of your life as I don't seek the Lord, that I'm seeking evil? I doubt it. We tend to ease our way around in our faith and in our walk with the Lord and bringing a seriousness Is like what he said. There is a seriousness to this. There's a limited time. We live as though we're going to make it through to Tomorrow. We don't realize how serious the way of living really is. That's his statement. Take inventory how God is changing you. Have you sat down and done that exercise? Be an ambassador of God's grace. ABF, keep God central, pleasing Him in all things. God says, woe to those who are at ease in Zion. Messages and things continue on. It says, seek God, seek his good to make Jesus Christ look great. Make a list of three to five ways we can magnify his glory. In ABF we talked about, it's easy to make that spiritual and saying, hey, we live to the glory of God. That's the chief end of man, right? That we glorify God and love him forever. We use in there, please him. Live a life that is pleasing to him. That's, that's my life. It's pleasing to him. That's my heart's desire. Yes, it comes and goes. We fight. Don't ease into, thank God for grace. Grace is not just for forgiveness. That's a favor of God. Grace is the power to do the things that God has called you to do. That's what he told Paul. Now I'm not going to take that away from you. I'm going to give you the grace to endure. Three to five ways to magnify and glorify him, please him, and maximize our joy in Jesus. Last week, Pastor Isaac, be encouraged, brother, because at least in our community group, one of the best messages you ever heard preached, that's got a double-edged sword, because then that makes you feel like, well, what were all the other messages? And I say that because when you do this, you tend to take a beating. I don't know if it's from the enemy or whatever, but you question everything that you said. You wonder if anything made any sense. And then you look and see, did any of it land? Because your heart is so much so for change. Statements. There's great danger in a faith that is divided. Illustration playing a game with a controller that doesn't work. He handed it to his brother just to keep him occupied. Doesn't work, but he thinks he's in the game. He said some strong things last week. He thinks he's in the game. You're not in the game. And then the downside of the illustration is this is no game. Folks, us together. This is no game. This is heaven and hell. Eternity forever. Life and death. Side note Isaac didn't say this. Man, we were people playing games. Whew. Again, stay in your own bubble. I'm not going to talk about different specific things to your life so much. You make your notes and if God prompts you, my prayer is you'll act on those things. Faith divided when we believe that Christian life is all about future hope in heaven, your faith is not affecting your life in the present. Central to Christian life is the denial of self. You sing it this morning. In ABF, we had just walked out of there in our identity in Christ, Galatians 2:20, you sang that this morning. I kind of caught on to that.'s so the song that was being sung, and I don't know, maybe it's in there, but there's one line. And I know you can't just sing the whole verse, but and it's scriptural, so't this is no negative, but the part about I no longer live, but it's Christ. Who lives in me? Dying to self. I no longer live. I have to constantly die to myself so that Christ can live in me, so that people would look and see He's a lot like Jesus. You can't get there by a way of ease. God seems to be chirping. A compartmentalized faith. There was a response in ABF that was hilarious. So you have to be there. You don't want to miss those. But it was priceless. But men are very good at compartmentalizing. We're all very good at compartmentalizing our faith. I'll never forget a person that was here in our church and they made the statement as we were challenging one another about going and sharing the gospel and taking it and being bold and how about at work? Going, Oh, my work won't let me say anything like that. My wife, who helps me in my lack of mercy, she says to me, you can't say that about somebody. Because my response is, Quit your job or get fired. Open your mouth. How can you not talk about Jesus? Are you trusting in that job? Are you secure on the Mount of Samaria? Oh, my encouragement was not to beat them up, not to be judgmental. I did not want to be judgmental. But I want to say, man, if you're a follower of Jesus, how can you keep silent? And will he not take care of you? Do you not believe that he will give you another job? Here's another thing about a body of believers. If one was to be hurting, will we not take care of them because they lost their job for standing up and speaking for Jesus. Well, I'll give you money. I'll help you. You can move in with me. I got room. Oh, come on. Go. Go proclaim Jesus. You cannot keep your mouth shut if you really truly understand what he has done for us. Compartmentalize our faith. They have a god, little G that they made for themselves. Whew. I call it American Christianity. Decisions being made for comfort or decisions made for the biggest impact for the gospel. Here are my seashells, Lord. What drives my decisions? Don't be a people with a divided faith. Our identity is in Jesus Christ, Galatians 2.20. God seems to be chirping in my doing everything I can and in my power to not choose the way of ease but to choose to follow Christ with everything that I got because I love him so much. I will not be deterred. Woe to those who are at ease. I had a hard time leaving this statement. It just weighed on me and it caused me to examine my own life. Are you at ease this morning? Because in some sense, I say yes and no. As I thought I'm going I'm to preach on like, hey, we, we're, we're, we're people of ease. We choose ease. Then I also think, good night, we're as busy as... You can possibly be. I look at people and it's insane. We have, in some ways, I think, allowed the world to make us very busy. But in that busyness, I know there's a lot of struggle. I would say,, hey, there's a lot of anxiety. I do hear that. There's a lot of worry. There's a lot of fear. Is that because we desire a life of ease? Or do we live in a way that we just try to avoid all suffering? Maybe that's just a better way to state it. Do I live my life to avoid all suffering? One writer put it this way, luxury shuts out suffering because any vivid knowledge of or dwelling upon suffering must needs disturbs its ease. Selfish wealth persuades itself that there is little suffering. (laughs) A little more focused as a follower of Jesus. My decisions to follow Jesus, does it have limits? Can I just answer for you? Yes. <laughs> we moved here nine years ago. We were never chosen here. And we surely didn't want to move to somewhere like California. No. We have limits. Should we? I will follow you as long as. Don't do this. Don't, make, don't let this happen. Don't make me. No, it's, I no longer live. It's Christ who lives in me. Have your way with me. Be a vessel of honor. I thought about, again, Afghanistan has been on my heart. How would your faith hold up in Afghanistan today? I know those people are in fear. I would be in fear. Would you mark your house with an X so that you would at least let them know who want to come and take your wife and your young girls and do things that are unimaginable, give them away to somebody, marry them off to somebody, kill their husband if they're old enough? Or would you not put an X on your house and hope that you didn't get caught? And if you did, we're going to take them anyway, and then we'll kill everybody in here. How would our faith and our trust in Jesus hold up? I ask myself that. I hope it would. I would long to protect my family. I would huddle up in a room. They had no place to go. ATMs are empty. That's a struggle. That's suffering. God is right there with them. Whether that makes sense to me or not. I, my prayer is that God will use this in blood that is shed that will cause people to come to Christ by the droves. By the droves. He will not waste any suffering. Ever. Know anyone in America who's suffering for the gospel? Seem as though as I look around, and part of the drive of this is the church and the followers of Jesus have little impact. Is that because we've chosen the way of ease? We've allowed this world to squelch us, and it's become more and more because if you say certain words or talk about things, you'll be labeled, you'll be ridiculed, you'll be attacked. Woe to those who feel secure. We were sailing along as a church. Things were moving. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love Sherry because she at least she's kind of like encouraging. Like, mm-hmm. if I get an hmm I'm good. There was, there was 120 people in here before COVID. Rush had been... Didn't know what I was preaching. He knows what I'm preaching, but didn't know what I was going to be saying. He says, but what's happened? What's happened since COVID? Where is everybody? Some have left. What happened? We had 80 people in ABF. Not conducive for the way that we teach ABF. Because we like interaction and discussion. We don't have 80 people in church. Woe to those who are at ease. God says, God says. He talks about them and he says, Look, you got examples all around you in the verses. Go, look, you think you're better than these? Isaac talked about even like social justice, just briefly, and how you could put all your effort towards that, but there was a better way to do it and to do it better because it's God is first and the love for that is first. And you hear that in this world. We want social justice. We want this. We want that. You're not going to fix that. Man, if you want to look around, look at Afghanistan. You want to see man's futile attempt? 20 years we were there. Trillions of dollars. Less than three weeks. They undid everything. In utter bedlam. It's taking place. Man has no answer. You know the only... This is not even going to get fixed, this side of heaven, until Jesus comes. However, we can be moving forward in that. And the only thing that will fix that, the only thing that would have kept that from happening in Afghanistan was changed hearts by the gospel. Wonder if alongside the army and the changing... And trying to bring peace into a bad situation. You're giving the gospel every day, every day, preaching the gospel, sending missionaries. Our government saying, send people of God over there. Because if they get over there and they get the gospel, they'll change their heart and they will love their enemies. Man's futile attempt. <laughs> we're the ones who had the answer, we're the ones who should be waging war. Hmm, 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 I'm good. I'm good right here. Oh, for a leader who would stand up and say, We kicked God out a long time ago. Maybe we should repent and cry out to God. Maybe some politician or dignitary has stated that. I've never seen it quoted. He goes on and he says, do you put off the day of calamity? Do you push away the thought of accountability? There are those who push away God for salvation. Do we as saved people push away God in the day of judgment that is coming? The day of accountability where we will give an account. It won't be whether you'll get into heaven or not, but what you did for Christ while you were here. Do we push that day off like these folks and live in the luxury and eat well? Seek to be healthy. Seek to be beautiful. Seek our satisfaction and stuff. Choosing our ease. Do we push off that day that we'll stand before Christ one day and all of our works will go up in fire? Mm, Don't talk about that. How about do we push off the day when we stand there and we watch those who stand before judgment? Awful, ironic. I can't, I'm trying not to move. Awful, ironic. They came up in ABF just in a conversation about being before a judge and the power that is there. And I was sharing some experiences. And of course, man, that'd be a good sermon illustration one day. Not this day because it didn't get in my notes. Can you imagine? Watching people who stand before Christ with no hope. It's over. Eternity. Does that drive us? Does that motivate us? Do I work to keep that here? Here? I will look at those people and, hmm, you don't want to be there that day without Christ. I've got the answer. Yeah, why well, do they do this? What about that? People dying right and left. I listened to a message recently. We're called, called to be salt and light. You are salt and light. It's not an encouragement to go be salt or go be light. No, you are. It's just, is your saltiness lost its salt? Or did you put your light under a bushel? The gospel's been entrusted to us. We're commanded to come to proclaim, to go make disciples, people dying right and left in COVID. I'm not even sure we're secure anymore. We shouldn't be. God sent a virus to the whole world. What do you think for? Repent. Repent, it could be over, then what? Then what? My sister died a month ago from COVID. We had a young doctor back home that Pastor Rush and I knew. Out jogging, fit, makes it to back to his driveway, falls over dead in his driveway. A dear friend of ours, also back home, 43 years old, nine kids, died of COVID last week. Fortunately, they're believers. There are others who are dying from this disease. What is their eternity? What happens? My sister went in, they looked at her, and just from her her situation, they've looked at enough of this to say, look, if you guys got anything to say to each other, you need to say it right now. That was the last conversation they had together. We push off. I don't want, no, man, that's going to cause this or that. I'm going to be, mm, I want my ease. How's our evangelism? Here. We took our community group to Easton. That's hard. Go stop people walking around the east and try to share the gospel with them. They ain't there for nobody to share the gospel to them. We even put peg, um, bags together with goodies in it, along with the track. Paid to get electrical hookups. People who knew people moving into Bexley. Here, go take this and go knock on their door. Welcome them to the community. Tell them about Jesus. Man, that's awkward. I don't uh-uh. Mm, that's weird. Okay, you tell me what you want to do. You come up with a plan. All I know is we're commanded to go take the gospel. What appears to me in not only this church, but in many other churches across this land, mhm. That's hard. I'm not going to No. Have we chosen the life of ease? In our evangelism, were you looking for anybody to show up this morning that you had shared with this past week or you invited to church? When's the last time you shared the gospel with somebody? We're either choosing these or we're really busy. Whatever it is, talked about this in community group, then we will. Screw tapes. Just keep them distracted. The enemy says, shh, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't wake them up. Don't wake them up. That's the church in America to me. Don't wake them up. If you did and you were looking for somebody, let me encourage you to do it all the more. Go at it harder than ever. Our evangelism seems to be about ease and not about the day of disaster or judgment that is coming, discomfort to ourselves or suffering for the sake of others. So as your pastor who loves you greatly, with all honesty and sincerity, This message would come from a broken hearted boldness. As being accountable to God one day for your souls. Knowing what the scriptures say. May we not choose ease. May we not avoid suffering. For the sake of making Jesus great. God says woe to those. What changes are necessary? Has God prompted you or touched your heart or areas? Don't just walk away from that today. Go to God. Go to God this week. They had not grieved. And eventually he says enough is enough. I'm sorry. This has been long. I'm wrapping up. Hang with me. Eventually God will say enough. He will. That'll be a sad day. We want to be just clay, easily molded, easily used, become vessels of honor. So if nothing else, we all can do one thing. We can This. Set your heart for this. Today. Not even wait till tomorrow. Repent. And seek God. As you heard a week ago. Two weeks ago. Seek God and live. Seek God as a treasure. I want you to love him. No divided faith. No divided love. Abraham, go slay your son Isaac. Do you love me? Peter on the beach after the greatest failure. Do you love me? Three times, do you love me? Yes, Lord, yes. Yes. Don't ask me again. It hurts. You know I love you good go feed my sheep to the angel of the church in Ephesus write the one who holds the seven stars in his hand right hand The one who walks among the seven golden lampstands says this. I know your deeds and your labor and perseverance that you cannot tolerate evil people. And you have put those who call themselves apostles to the test. They are not. And you found them to be false. And you have perseverance and have endured on account of my name and have not become weary. Let me encourage you. I know you love God. I know you long to love God more. I know we long to be used by God. I don't want you to think, I don't think you're doing anything, that you're good for nothing. I just long for us to be moving and and, and charging hell with a water pistol. I don't know how to tell you, but be on the offense because of a love for God. That's what I want in us. I know. Don't take this as, oh, yeah, we're just a total failure. No. No, God has done a great work here. But don't stop. Don't choose ease. Press on. It's hard. We're busy. I'm just not sure we're busy with the wrong things. And then because I'm so busy, I choose ease. And it's my spiritual life that suffers, it's my walk with God that suffers. But I had this against you that you have left your first love. I don't even think you've totally left your first love. I just want to encourage you to love God more. Love him more. Know him more. You are a people who love God. Last week I said we have an enemy. We do. He's a defeated enemy, but he's still an enemy. In the end, he's God's Satan. We don't have to fear, and he can't control us, but he has duped us into thinking following Jesus can be done with ease. That's not possible, it's also not biblical. We have been called out of darkness into light, the most joyous, satisfying life that can ever be. And it comes by way of suffering, not by ease. Jesus, the greatest suffering ever known, the greatest. And for the joy, for the joy that was set before him, he endured. And what happened? God highly exalted him. It's not ease. It's a way of suffering. But there's joy. Great joy. Great love. In all of it. And it's the way that God works. John Piper. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Powerful statement. The call this morning is to repent. Come to Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you need to come. There's a day of judgment coming. You should come to Jesus. You should get up and like start walking towards me right now. Don't let anything stop you. Or grab Pastor Isaac. No, he's got to leave music. Grab rush. <laughs> grab somebody sitting next to you. Come to Jesus the greatest calling in all the world i'm not even saying return to your first love grow in your love for god for jesus for the holy spirit live in us who live in us god seems to be chirping to me I believe it's for a purpose. I don't know what's coming. But I did look at Afghanistan and I wondered, would my faith stand? If it happens something like that, happens here, would my faith stand? Would my trust in God make it? I apologize for running long. Long. Let me pray for us. God, as we look at your word and we see the warnings, and it's not so much about stopping of the stuff, but just returning to you, watching your children turn to things that are wells without water, broken cisterns. That was preached before also. When we have the fountain of living water, life, the promise of everything to come. God, change us. Help us do this together. Help us encourage one another to be all that we can for you. Whether it's in great things or just in small things. Some will die for the faith, others will just go on into eternity almost unnoticed, but have been one of the most faithful servants that God knows. Whatever you do with us, we just long that it would be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.